It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of the Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. What's happening, people? This is the first week of football, and I am so excited. What's up, Reese? Hey, what's good, man? How's it going? Oh, brother, I can't complain. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Just uh, ripping and running with these kids, you know, taking them to school, picking them up, and, you know, making sure they're taken care of and happy and doing their homework and all that good stuff. Okay. Hey, did the season not come in with a bang or what? Uh, it definitely came in with a bang. It was... This uh this past weekend was one of the best weekends of sports I've I've had and uh I've watched in a long time. So yeah, yeah it seemed on. like life free weekend. <laughs> I mean, first we start off with Pittsburgh and New England, uh, mm-hmm. and that didn't disappoint. And then on a college level, you had Notre Dame, but. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. You can't forget about Oregon-Michigan State also, which was a very good game. It lived up to the billing. Yes, it did. Uh, So, of the game, I I guess the key thing is to go back and review what happened in the league this week. What games did you personally watch? Well, of course, I watched the Bears, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I, I thought it was going to be. Uh, and I watched, uh, you know, the Philly Atlanta game uh, the other night, and I watched San Fran and Minnesota. Uh, interesting games. Uh, both games seemed to start off slow. Uh, Those Monday night games, but um, the second half was a lot more exciting than the first. Um, and which, also, uh, which game are you talking about? Well, actually, both of them. Uh, if you look at the Atlanta Philly game, I mean, it was <clears throat> basically a defensive struggle for the first, you know, uh, 25 minutes of that game. And then you saw an explosion in the second half with, uh, you know, uh, Julio. Uh, Sam Bradford. Yeah. Sam Bradford played the well, yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. Julio went off also. And then it, virtually the same thing uh, with the San Fran Minnesota game, which didn't live up to my expectation at all because I was really pulling for Adrian Peterson, and uh, he let me down, especially my fantasy team. So, <laughs> well, uh, and no. we're in the same league, so you weren't the only one that was left uh, let down. But I felt like the season. <clears throat> uh, so the games that I watched: Denver and KC, and Denver is what I, or I mean. Last week, uh, Denver. They are, I, I hate to sound like my boy, but they are who I thought they were. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be as strong as a team last year uh, as they were last year. I, I guess we should go first. Uh, the Steelers and the Patriots, you knew Tom Brady was going to be a man on a, on a mission. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they said they had something to stop Gronk in the red zone. Uh, one of the corners said that. I know some people are hazing him right now in the locker room. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's too much fuel for the fire, man. Yeah, so that game, and then I, I guess we'll kind of go in order of the games and then the Bears, the Packers. You said it wasn't what, you know, it was better than you thought it would be. I thought, well, oh, go ahead. Well, you know, I, I was just thinking that, you know, the defense, I was looking at the Bears' defense, and I'm saying to myself, well, what type of moves did they really make in the offseason? Uh, they, they lost Charles Tillman. Uh, they let go of Jennings. So I'm like, okay, who's back there to cover? But, but uh, they, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to put up another 50 spot on them, just like last year, uh, early in the season. But it didn't happen. So, uh, you know, I, and I don't want to jump on Jay Cutler. I mean, he played within the system for the most part. But as usual, there's always that one play. When he presses, and that's the thing. <clears throat> It's like he does it at the most inopportune time. Not like there's any time, a good time to throw a pick, but usually when he's pressing, that's where it goes. I felt like, in one way, I felt like they underachieved uh, to me, the bear, uh, according to my expectations. I thought that, you know, I felt Forte would have a good game. It was going to be interesting to see the receiver mix, especially now with Brandon Marshall gone, and then um, you just. I felt like you're going to have some drop-off there uh, in the receiving game because I still didn't feel like Alshon was ready to be a number one yet. You know what I mean? And I know losing your mm-hmm. number one draft pick, that probably would have, you know, gave some more morale to the team. But I just felt like I felt like they would have done more offensively. I felt like mm-hmm. they, with John Fox and who he is, I felt like, you know, a lot more would be done. Um, so I was – yeah, I I wasn't satisfied. But then, uh, and you said you watched. Did you watch the uh, Chiefs and Texans? No, I, I didn't watch that one. That was uh, that. Well, I'm going to tell you right. Now, the Chiefs looked very, very good, and I'm looking forward to that game tomorrow night with Denver. Um, and with uh, Kelsey, you have Macklin on the outside now. It was going to open things up for Kelsey in the middle. I think they're going to be a dangerous <clears throat> team to deal with in the AFC West. So, I, yeah, what do it, you think? I, I'm more I, – I was leaning towards the Texans with that game. Even though they had some questions at quarterback, I felt like Bill O'Brien would be able to get some things going uh, when they uh, with their defensive line, and then that they would go to a running game and try to establish something. Uh, so that was – I mean – but I do believe Kansas City is a stronger team. So, I mean, to lose by seven points, you know, no biggie. And then uh, going to the next game, we had the Jets and the Browns. And, of course, Browns, are they never disappoint. They are who they are. And uh, yeah. the Jets, I mean, it was good to see Johnny Manziel get out there and get a chance uh, or to play a little bit. I felt like uh, I liked the guts, I don't know if it was the smartest thing to do with McCowan uh, to score with the helicopter. Yeah. But, hey, he's a winner, yeah. and, and you, you you take that with your guy. Yeah, I, I was actually very disappointed in that because, I mean, you know, he made his money with that one season in Chicago. Uh, he went to Tampa. It didn't work out, and I think that it was because of the system. So yep. I was hoping that, you know, when he get to Cleveland – he just become that system quarterback like he was in Chicago and, and do fairly well. But, I mean, to jeopardize your season <laughs> on, 
on a play in early in the game, uh, the first game of the season. I know you're trying to send the message that you're all in and you, you want to lead by example. But, man, look, you got to pick and choose your points where you want to lead, you know. See, I think that's easier said, man. Yeah, I think that's easier said than done. I think as a competitor, which he is, obviously, you know, the point is you got to get points up and you got as a leader give the morale to your team and you can't play scared. I mean, it it'd be different if it was the open field and he was trying to do it, but he was trying to get into the end zone. So I can't fault my man on that. But then it goes to the next game. Um well, let me talk. Let's talk about the Jets a little bit. I mean, I, I didn't check up on Cromartie, but you know, Todd Bowles is. I mean, granted, he is playing Cleveland, but I expect mm-hmm. the Jets to be competitive and another team in that division that I expect to be very competitive, which they showed when they beat the Colts. I think the Colts, unfortunately, are like the Redskins of 2000, where they had some names. But those names aren't in their prime anymore. So the expectations for them, you know, granted, they didn't run the ball with Frank Gore. But, you know, has Frank Gore lost a step? You know what I'm saying? So the Bills, I feel like they're everything that they're, no pun intended, built to be. Uh, You know, Rex called up a game plan, sent fire at him, and I loved it. Yeah, I think that game said more about the Bills than it did about uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, I think uh, with with Indy's defense, I think they're still, you know, kind of shallow in the secondary. I think they're you know dealing with uh, some injuries still, and you got to give Frank Gore the ball. I think he only rushed you know eight times, I believe, for uh, what thirty yards or something like that. I, I can't remember what it was, but I know I, I don't think it was more than ten rushes. You got to give him the ball. Yeah, he and Marshawn are the type of back. They get stronger as their the more touches they get. Uh, you start lowering their touches, then their production kind of goes down, which I'm going to skip a couple games and go to, <clears throat> speaking of Marshawn, going to the Rams in Seattle. And I've been telling people, the Rams, even last year, the Rams was a scary team. Only reason why they, I picked Seattle to beat them, I thought because they weren't going to have their depth right away, you know, having Gurley run. But you could see the absence of Cam Chancellor's very apparent in the defense and how they go absolutely. about it. A- absolutely. A- that that NFC West in general is a beast. And there's so many different type, different scenarios that you can come up with because let me tell you right now, what San Francisco did to Minnesota was surprising. You know, at, you know, having Navarro Bowman back, you know, was definitely a, a, a success, but they're just so deep. You know, and and Seattle needs to be careful. You oh. know, if they don't, if Cam can't doesn't get back on that field soon, they can find themselves down a couple of games. Yeah, and in the whole division, um, we're going to go into the uh, Cardinals a little bit. The Cardinals. Oh, well, let me go back dealing with the Rams, or I mean Seattle. I I felt like the Rams or, or Seattle still didn't really address the issue that they needed in the off season, and they needed a receiver that could stretch the field. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you got Jimmy Graham that stretches the middle a little bit, but you still need someone that can stretch the field vertically uh, on the outside. And I think then with the addition of Graham, it makes sense. But right now, you have a lot of you, you're stretching the field wide and maybe deep middle, 
or you know um, middle middle, but nothing really vertical. And I think that that's going to haunt them because you're keeping the guys in the box a little bit on the offensive side. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the NFC West when we get back and the rest of the games. Uh, let's go k- take a quick one, and uh, we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, we're back and we're talking about the uh, games from last week. So we're going to finish up a couple games and we're uh, left the subject dealing with the NFC West. So that takes me to the Cardinals versus the Saints. The Cardinals, I mean, if their running game, if Ellington stays healthy, Chris Johnson has a little juice in the tank. And I've been telling people all year, they don't want to hear it because someone said, oh, Larry, I, I, we're, we had a gathering of a lot of Midwesterners out here um, at one at Larnell's house for Sunday's game. And one guy was like, oh, Larry Fitzgerald is old, or he's done. I was like, no, Carson, Carson Palmer and uh, the other quarterback were hurt last year. He wasn't done. Yeah. And, you know, and it was the acclimation to the system. Now you're talking about the second year in the system. You've also had a chance for Carson to kind of digest the system. Um, 
they have about three or four solid tight ends. And honestly, Michael Floyd is the one receiver that I would put on the trading blocks out of them. But they have, they're, you know, you have Fitzgerald, you have John Brown, you have uh, Jaquan Brown, and you have J.J. Uh, Smoke. Man, so offensively in their line, the way Bruce calls the game, you know, they do a lot of short to intermediate passes, and then they hit it downfield. So really that's, you know, I don't want to say it because I'm biased because I've done things and I like the staff, but I'm willing to say that, you know, this team can go very far. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not too familiar with, you know, the entire roster of Arizona, of course, but uh, it's it's just another one of them teams out west that can you know put put some games together. But you know, it, again, it's it's going to be like you know a gauntlet out in the out in the NFC West. I mean, I think you know just like with the SEC for years, you know those guys you know beat up on each other, and you know it could it could hurt a team. I can legitimately see a possibility of three NFC West teams getting into the playoffs, you know, just like, you know, with the SEC, you know, getting multiple teams possibly into the, you know, the, the final four, which is garbage, but that's, we'll save that for another day. But yeah, uh, yeah it's just, it's so competitive and yeah. I, I'm afraid that one of those teams are going to be left out. Yeah. And here's the thing too, just going back to the Cardinals, you go across their defensive backfield, they're six deep. You know, in terms, well, two at every position, pretty much almost. Uh, you have Tyron Matthews that can play nickel, safety, strong mm-hmm. or free, strong. You have uh, you have Patrick Peterson. You know, Powers is still playing solid ball. You have their uh, number one pick from last year, Landry, I believe his name. They're deep, uh, but then so just like you said, but I felt the same way about the AFC East. I feel like you know anyone could come out of there. And, and be somewhat competitive and make a difference. Uh, yeah. Which takes me, uh, Did by any chance, did you get to watch the number ones and number two play against each other? Uh, Are you talking about the who? Yeah, the Bucks versus the Titans. Oh, yeah, that, you know, I'm, I'm in Tennessee, so, of course, that was a featured game, you know, Sunday afternoon. So what were your uh, thoughts? Yes. <laughs> well, where do I start with this, man? Uh <laughs> Let me let me let me just let me start with Mariota first. Uh, I want to save the best for last. Uh, the critics lied to us <laughs> early on, and, and they probably just didn't know how talented this kid was when he finished up at Oregon. They were saying that you know will he be able to translate his game to the pro system? Will he will he be able to you know take you know, snaps from under center. Will he be able to, you know, throw off a three-step, five-step, seven-step drops? Man, if you watch, I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game, but he put on a display. Oh, yeah. Display. He's Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah. And here's the thing. Tony Dungy tried to tell everybody. He was like, if I'm Tampa Bay with the number one pick, I'm mm-hmm. taking Mariota. And... You know, and he gave his reasons why, and everybody's like, Jameis is ready. And, you know, just from our casual conversations, I felt like, really, if if it was that much of a question, if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm taking Leonard Williams first anyway, because then I have my Warren Sapp, <laughs> and then 
I could get me a Bryce Hundley or somebody else later on in the draft. Uh, but right. I felt like, you know, Jameis, it, it, I know he'll rebound. I'm not concerned about that. But, yeah, Marcus, and, and let's give the coaching staff some credit. They put them in situations to be successful, and that's, that's key. They, you know, they called a game that didn't expose them. You know, it was, okay. you saw a lot of protection. You saw, you know, good, quick releases. You didn't put the yeah. stress on him to have to win the game, even though he did it. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's a that's a great point because the one thing that really stood out was how fast he was getting that ball out of his hands. And if you look at uh, you know everybody talked about you know you know Tebow's throwing motion, uh, Winston has that baseball in his throwing motion. Yep, and, it and- is very slow. It is very you know windmillish, and he needs to work on that. Uh, and uh, and I'm pretty sure he will, but. With Mariota, you know, it's not just the quick release, but it's the accuracy. It's the ability to move around in the pocket. It's and, the ability to sense where pressure is coming from. Uh, and that's and that's what's key. With, that's why I felt like if I'm Tampa and I'm going to take choose between the two, I go with Mariota knowing that I have a porous line. And uh, Nick Browder and I talk about this a lot, uh, is about the long – elongated release of Winston and mm-hmm. you put Winston with a, a team that doesn't have a line and you have really the guy that could make a difference Mike Evans wasn't playing to give Winston some lee- slack there because mm-hmm. he's one of the faster rele- receivers that can get open which could have affected the game a little bit in his eye you know from his perspective but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that I've said it before, and you know I believe that Jameis Winston will be in the league for a little while, but I just still don't think that that was the best pick for Tampa, uh, yeah, because of their one, present state. Yeah, one thing, and you you alluded to how porous the Tampa Bay uh, line can be. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me, and I and I talked to my brothers about this, was uh, Jameis's footwork. Oh yeah. Oh my God! His footwork was absolutely terrible. It when when pressure when he felt pressure, all fundamentals were thrown out the window, and and you can and you can see the result uh, with, with the throws. There were a lot of errant throws, a lot of throws high, a lot of throws in the dirt at times, and you know he was just how can I say it? You know, he reminds me of Brent Roethlisberger. But Brent Roethlisberger has better fe- footwork than he does. Did you just call that mug Brent Roethlisberger? <laughs> Big Ben. <laughs> ben. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you talking about my stuff. brother? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah sorry. and, and that's, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, and, and and that's that was the other thing. Uh, on, from from my perspective, you know, he, like once he gets to the top, gets to the top of his drop, he to me he was marginal. Uh, and this ability to move around a pocket uh, where I felt Mariota was swifter and everybody just thought he'll run. But the threat of him running also is what keeps defenses at bay. So, yeah. again, to you know, not to uh, relate, keep on talking about this, but I think that's why I felt like Tampa Bay had made probably not the best decision, 
they made a decent one, but they didn't make the best. Uh, but going on, the Bengals versus Raiders, did you catch that one? I didn't catch any of it, and uh, I saw the score as it was uh, as, as the game was going on, and I was surprised. But uh, I was I was expecting a lot out of Derek Carr, um, and apparently, you know, it's a thumb issue, and they said there's a possibility he'll be able to play uh, this coming Sunday. But um, I, I was actually looking forward to them improving a lot this year, not necessarily getting to the playoffs, but well, I have them as a playoff team. And let's not mm-hmm. let's not get it twisted. C- Cincinnati is a strong team that hasn't really lost anybody. <laughs> I mean, they've Cincinnati has pretty much had the same staff in terms of coordinators, head coaches, uh, and quarterback now. And with their receivers, they're gelling. They lost Jermaine Grisham at tight end, but they were uh, developing the other guy. So uh, to me, I it was a toss up. I felt like Cincinnati. What, I mean, I felt like Raiders, only reason why I felt the Raiders would win is because of the distance traveled, but Cincinnati was no schlumps. So I, yeah. I, I feel like that this is not a good measuring stick for the Raiders, basically. I think that let's judge them, you know, three or four weeks down down the road, and but I, I, I still feel like they're a quality team this year. And uh, is, is Charles Woodson going to be out next week? Uh, I, I think he got banged up, didn't he? Yeah, he got banged up. I, I'll have to check the injury report. Uh, okay. But and then you know we had Denver with the Ravens, and we kind of talked about that a little bit. But I said it last year: Peyton is done. And the reason why I say Peyton is done when you didn't, you don't have a strong arm to begin with, and you get the situation where your leg gets injured. That's not good for an old quarterback that doesn't have a whip. And so yeah. I think that, you know, losing Julius Thomas was big for them. Losing Wells, Wells Welker, you know, even though they're a different type of team, I still think the presence of those guys, especially with Kubiak's thing, our, our scheme, I felt like that would have taken some pressure off. But I'm just going to tell you, Peyton is probably regretting that he came back this year. Oh, we'll see. I'm, I'm like I said. I'm looking forward to tomorrow to see uh, what happens in that game. I, I expect Kansas City to win, but who knows? Who knows? See, see that when you're running a zone-based team like Kubiak does, you really heavily rely on your quarterback to be mobile, and that's where I think Peyton. You know, they try to modify some things for Peyton, and I think that the basis of who they are, their identity. Uh, is not going to be there with him. Uh, but we're going to go into break and finish up with the Cowboys and then uh, get into some of this other stuff dealing with football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com Now, let's get back to the show. So we're going to finish up uh, with the last, uh, well, a couple games. We're going to go with the Giants and the Cowboys. Um, Reese, I, there's there's some issues going on. Uh, it's going to be it's some people in the hot seat in New York and uh I think uh, my man Tom Coughlin is about to see his last season if they don't get it done this year. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was absolutely inexplicable. That's all I can say about it. Absolutely inexplicable. You know, to to try to throw the ball knowing that Dallas has no more time outs left. And yeah. you, you you throw the ball on third down to stop the clock, knowing Romo is on the other side of the field, and he just did what he does. You know, as much as I despise the Dallas Cowboys, you know, you cannot give Romo the ball with, what, 240 left or whatever it was. It's crazy. I mean, if you're going to do anything, a nice draw play, if you're going to fake the pass, you know, delay, something. But uh, their choice, I was not down. Not- <laughs> what okay? What what I want to know is what was the initial play call, and did Eli check out of that? Now, if if the initial play call was a run, and Eli checked out of it, you know that alleviates Tom Coughlin a little bit, you know, and puts a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of uh, focus on Eli, you know. So I don't know what the official report. No, everybody's tight lipped, of course, and it should be that way. Keep it in house, but. I mean, man, come on. Come on. Yeah, and, you know, the Cowboys, with that, you know, they're, they're a solid team, and they have some depth, even though they lost DeMarco Murray. I th- still think, you know, with depth that they have, that they they'll be all right at running back. But losing Dez Bryant changes, changes the game for them. It changes the game, but that should have been a week one loss. I'm sorry. That should have been a week one loss at home. You yep. know, and I, I feel for New York Giants fans this week because your team did did you a disservice this week. Well, a team that did their fans a bit uh, a big one was the Falcons. Man, they came in O'Brien Schofield putting pressure on from North Side. Um, 
the fell hey, their defense, they're about that business, boss. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 a lot better. They improved uh, dramatically, and I, I think that's uh, due to the coaching change. But you know, again, they they were getting diced up in that second half, though. I mean, but you expect Philly to dice them up, to be quite honest. Yeah. With their, yeah. uh, that's the one thing Philly is going to do to teams for the most part. I mean, you you'd have thought that Demarco Murray would have been more effective, but they were having them do sweeps and stuff instead of like dives and you know inside zone. That's what I thought that they would have done, or some power combinations, you know, uh, with power blocking schemes for them, you know, within their office, and they didn't do that, so I was really surprised. But Julio Jones, he was like, this is why y'all pay me the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, that, that dude is the real deal. That dude is the real deal. You know, he's up for discussion as best receiver in the league right now. You have to put him in that discussion, you know, even though it's just one game. Oh, no, he, but, I mean, he's always produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that takes us to the last game, uh, dealing with the Vikings and 49ers. And I was shocked at the 49ers. But then, too, I say they're playing against the Vikings. And who's on the Vikings defensively? Really, I I don't feel like the Vikings are as strong. I mean, the that the Vikings defense was ever that strong in recent years, even though Zimmer's, uh, Zimmerman is known to have a good defense. Our defensive coach, um, AP, I felt like he had a couple good runs. Felt like it should have been more give, going to him. But, you know, you're yeah. going to display. And I understand you're going to put him on a pitch count knowing that, you know, he hasn't really done anything during preseason and things like that. So he's they're, they're almost protecting him too much. they got to let the man yeah. run. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, the Minnesota defense, you know, it's kind of in that same category with the Bears defense. It's like you look at their roster and you're like, okay, who's on it? You know, there there are no names that really jump out at you per se. I, I was actually more disappointed with the offense. Um, you know, North Turner, you know, he, he's a good play caller, but I was just – disappointed in the execution and the timing of plays and like you said I think Adrian Peterson should have gotten some more touches to take some pressure off uh, Bridgewater because later in that game they just started San, uh, San Fran just started turning up the heat and applying pressure to Bridgewater um, and you got to keep the defense honest and I think a key thing for Minnesota's offense I think they need stronger tight end play I think you get stronger tight end play that opens it up for everything uh, Bridgewater I was surprised of his arm strength. I was like, this cat just overthrew Mike Wallace. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, he has a strong arm. Yeah. He I mean, I, I thought it was decent before, but when he outthrew Mike Wallace, I was like, oh, it's about to get real. Uh, mm. But this goes to San Fran. San Fran does not have a vertical threat on the offensive side as ter- in terms of receivers. You have Vernon Davis that's been out of the mix and still, you know, getting getting the rust off a little bit. Uh, Hyde, I felt like he was awesome at Ohio State. And last year, I mean, if Frank Gore's not there, he would have even did better. So that didn't surprise oh, yeah. me. And then a threat of Colin Kaepernick running. That's what happens when you have a dual threat at quarterback. Uh, yeah, and, and I think uh... – 
you saw a regression in him last year because he was trying to be a pocket passer. He was trying to prove to everybody that he can sit in the pocket and, and, and go through his progressions. But, man, you got the playoff instinct. You, you need to do the same thing that you did in college, the same thing that you did when you were given the head, you know, the starting position over uh, Smith where you just improvised, you made plays you know, with your legs, you, you extended plays, and he has a strong arm. So you know, he could be running away, you know, not in the direction that you, know, you would want somebody to roll out to but still throw across his body on a string. So, I mean, he has a strong arm, he has the legs, you need to utilize him. He's a weapon, you know. Hyde, Hyde is a beast. Yeah. Hyde is an absolute beast. Well, I think that um, Kaepernick improved as a, a pocket passer. You saw his his footwork seemed to be better. Like he wasn't just using his arm to drive the ball. Uh, he was checking mm-hmm. down to you know second and third checkdowns. So and to me, he he made a great improvement. Uh, I know he did a lot of work out here uh, in Arizona in the summer, so it paid off. Which now. We're going into this part, looking at the teams and seeing, because preseason doesn't really tell much. So if you're going to go, we're going to go division by division. Uh, You pick your team, I'll pick my team. We're going to go NFC North. Who's your team to win it? Do I even have to answer this? Do I really have to answer this? I want to see if you say what I say. Come on, man. Green Bay. I have Green Bay, too, but... I wouldn't count Detroit to maybe finally turn it up. Um, NFC South. Oh, I'm going to go with Atlanta. Reese, and I have a picture. I I actually wrote these things down yesterday. So (laughs) I have Atlanta as well. NFC West. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to – (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to shock you here. I'm going to go San Fran. I'm going to go Arizona. Uh, and I feel like Arizona has the depth uh, to go, but my second team would be the Rams. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. NFC East. If Philadelphia plays the rest of the season like they played in that second half, they're going to put up well, – there's going to be a game where they're going to put up mid-50s. And the defense played – you know, the defense played uh, subpar in the first half. So I'm going Philly. I actually have Philly too. And uh, it's – I say that was because of the injury of Bryant for Dallas. So that puts them ahead in their d- division. All right. AFC North, p- who do you have? I have Cincinnati – but I believe that they're going to be one and done again in the playoffs, and this will be the end of the road for Marvin uh, Marvin Lewis. I have Pittsburgh with Cincinnati on, on their tail. Uh, it was a toss-up for me. Uh, just so people don't believe that I think I'm tricking and making you go first, but I'll still let you go first. AFC South. <laughs> AFC South. AFC South, man. Look, the, the, the general consensus is Indianapolis is going to run, run away with this, but – you know, I really like what Mariota is doing. The defense is vastly improving, and it's not just because I I, I watch a I have 
I'm down here in Nashville and I watch a lot of games, but I believe that they have enough. And if Mariota plays the way he plays, I think they're going to shock uh, the world in well, one NFC, AFC South. Well, I am actually taking the Texans. I think Houston is going to show themselves to be be the team because they got that upfront pressure. You're going to get Jadavian some ch- uh, chance to get acclimated and kick some butt finally. Uh, so AFC West, Kansas City. <clears throat> I have can- Kansas City as well. <laughs> so what is that about a uh, five out of eight? Dude, we're I no I yeah five out of eight give or take. Uh, AFC East. AFC East. This is a uh, this is a tough one. Um, I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm gonna go New England by hair over Buffalo. I have Buffalo taking it from New England, uh, but really? it, 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 it's not, close. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I, I was like, it's tough because I have a feeling. You know how some sometimes people get away with stuff so long and finally it catches up. <laughs> I think mm. this might be the year it catches up. Um, so, go ahead. No, I, I was about to say I hope it does, but you know I'm going to go with New England. <laughs> and so then, so for the championship, I got Green Bay versus Arizona. And I have Pittsburgh sneaking it in versus Buffalo. Ooh. Who do you have? Who's your four? NFC Championship, Philly against Green Bay. I have Philly winning that. AFC Championship, KC against New England. I have KC winning that. We're looking at a KC-Philly matchup in the Super Bowl where Andy Reid goes against his former team and Philly wins. Philly is not going to win it. <laughs> I have Green Bay versus Arizona. Arizona, because of the division, Green Bay comes to AZ. The sunlight and the nice women is going to mess up the cheese heads. So AZ is going to end up playing. And Buffalo at Pitt is going to be a fist fight. And finally, what uh, Tyron T- Taylor is going to make, make sure he runs down in the uh, red zone and does triple option to pitch it to Percy Harvin coming out of motion to win the division. So then you have Buffalo versus the Cardinals. And I think my boy Bruce is not only going to get maybe the coach of the year for the third time in a row, but he is also going to get his first Super Bowl as a head coach. Well, we shall see. So on that (laughs) note, we're going to take a break and we'll be back. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lassiter formerly with the Arizona Cardinals San Diego Chargers and St. Louis Rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lassiter's Sports Talk it's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time 12 noon Eastern Time get ready for an unpredictable fun and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports that's Kwame Lassiter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, so we're back and one of the things we're going to do is we haven't forgot our Houston has a problem, but this week we're combining it with a whole bunch of other things that follow. So, Houston, we have a problem and the problem is the culture of today's sports. Uh, what are the things being you know, uh, from you have officials being attacked to, you know, parents' involvement, w- no matter what level. Um, and then you also have, you know, coaches berating players and, you know, how far do you go, things like that. So I guess, re- uh, you know, we talked before, but what did you, th- looking at the officials being t- attacked up in Texas, and it was just not one, this happened twice. In Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's, you know, a football issue per se. This is a societal issue. I think this is a uh parenting issue. I think this is a socioeconomic issue. There's a lot of variables that play into this type of behavior. And uh I, I think that uh, to to address it, you have to get to the root of the problem, and and the root of the problem, especially with our youth, is is parenting, or lack thereof, <laughs> or, or exactly, or lack thereof. In, so. in a situation with the one, where, where the two kids in Texas, you know, both hit the uh, official at the you know in the same game, I felt like, and, and they said that the coach said it, then you know all this stuff, and yeah. the, and the the guy, the official said something. And I've been in places and seen situations, but it's never justifiable to do that. That's cowardly, uh, and it's just not acceptable. 
Uh, yeah, and, and, and even if the coach did say that, you know, there should be something within your gut to say, you know, th- that tells you, yo, this isn't right. I'm not doing that. You know, yeah, so. you know, at some point, take me out the game. You can right, do exactly. my parents afterwards. And then exactly. the whole thing with Pac-Man Jones uh, or Adam Jones, as but that was Pac-Man-like behavior going back to it, where uh, he bust, he, you know, banged Amari Cooper's head on top of his helmet. And you could see it was very intentional. Um, oh yeah, and his response—it uh, was just like, "Hey, I can't promise I won't do it again." How I, I, be, I admire the him being very candid. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm just keeping it real. But at the same time, hey, dude, you can't. I mean, a fight is a fight. I get it, but don't bust bust somebody's head on there. And you see the because of the state of the NFL and all that's happened with Deflate uh, Gate. Uh, now, that normally he would have been suspended, fined, and all that, and ejected. He wasn't ejected. He wasn't suspended. I think they're going to get, hit him in the pockets because now you got pressure for that because you're still not protecting the thing. But now they're walking on eggshells on how do we discipline the guys in the league uh, with that issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and he needs to be disciplined. He needs to be fine. But the one thing I don't want to see is, you know, just because of the reversal of the ruling and, and deflate gate and uh, all that nonsense in New England, I, I I really hope that these guys keep a level head and don't try to push the envelope and and believe that. Well, you know, if I do this, I can get off anyways because NFLPA is you know. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna help me, but NFLPA got the juice right now. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> seemingly, you know, Demar, Demar Smith, you know, you know, has a winning record right now. But I mean, guys got to be smart, man. And the thing is, man, what what Pac-Man did, you know, that that's almost grounds for assault. You know, a, a police charge. You know, because yep. it's outside of the lines of, of the game, and it's almost like an aggravated assault. So you know, he's lucky. Well, yeah, hockey gets away with it. That's a whole another deal, too. Uh, but, but then, <laughs> hey, well, yeah, <laughs> and, and they sometimes hit you with sticks. So I mean, you know, even though they typically drop them, but then I don't know if you saw uh, what happened with Florida when uh, Fred Taylor's son uh, did the slow uh, throat slicing incident, and he got uh, the head coach got knee deep in him. Uh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. I what, saw what's your it. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with what the coach did. And, and, and the reason being is, you know, you know, you and I coming up, we played sports in high school. And that type of, you know, berating was, was par for the course. But you know very good and well that the people that we came up with, our, our peers for the most part, are very, you know, great guys, productive citizens for the most part. and, and, and Mentally okay. tough. <laughs> mentally tough mentally tough and you know we're we're upstanding citizens you know yeah, I, I mean and you play basketball and coach belmont love him to death well frank would get in your stuff bill Man, he'll get in your stuff dr bill king hey dr bill <laughs> king my chest is concave to this point in my life because yeah. it was like boy what did i tell you and yeah. you know i think that that's 
kind of one of the issues. And, you know, speaking from a personal experience, I this is a true story, and I'm going to go into another thing. I know we got a little time left. So last year I was doing some things and working at a high school and uh, consulting two high schools, and I took over the head coaching for one of the freshman uh, teams out here. Um, and, you know, it was a situation. It was no contact, and one of the kids went and speared another kid on the day before the game. So walkthrough. He, you know, you had a scout team hero went helmet to helmet with our star tailback. So after I said no contact, needless to say, my vocabulary cons- consisted about a whole bunch of four-letter words. And I told him to take a lap. And uh, long story short, you know, got in a little trouble for it. And, yeah, should I have cussed? Absolutely not. Should I have been upset? Absolutely. Should I have let him know? Yes. And, you know, once it was done, it was done. It didn't, you know, I have a big thing. Don't leave it on the, leave it on the field. So when you walk off, you love that kid up, you hug him up, whatever. So long story short, I see the father for the first time since that happened. And do you know he was ready to go fist to cuffs over something that happened last season? That's bananas. I was like, and I finally had to tell the gentleman, I was like, you know, and, and the time that he spent wasn't about me yelling at his son or anything. Most of the time it was like, you didn't recognize how good my son was. I was like, no, your son was the starting tailback until the guy he almost knocked out uh, came. And uh, long story short, I told him, I was like, you can't be a helicopter parent. Uh, and, you know, I was like, you have a biased approach. I coached football before. And that's the s- society we're dealing it with now. Everyone has access to YouTube, so they think they can train quarterbacks or train athletes, and it's much more than watching a video. You have to know the what's and why's you do what you do, and you have to know that each thing can every individual has different mechanics and changes that you're going to have to modify for. Um, so you had that, uh, you know. So me personally dealing with that with the parents, which brings me into Marshawn Lynch's mama. Did you read? The, you read the article I sent you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> His mama went in, <laughs> and you know what? And the thing is, you have a million of people, a million people probably agreeing with everything she said, too. Well, and here's the thing: Marshawn's at pretty much. He is on his last contract playing anyway. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think after this year, I mean, that's why he had to get his money when he could and get his guarantee money when he could. So they're kind of married to him, but, you know, this year, maybe next year, that's it for him. I mean, that he's had a long NFL life as a running back in today's NFL. So, uh, you know, hey, needless to say, everybody be like, uh, hi, Ms. Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it. But some people said that he should have uh, basically told his mom not to. She a grown woman. You can't stop grown it. Grown woman. And you can't you find telling it. your mama what to do. But I ain't telling my mama what to do, but I'm going to tell you what to do. We're going to have to get on out of here uh, because the show is at an end. Reese, love being on with your brother. And I Man, will it's a pleasure holl- as always. I will holler at you. Tell the girls I said hi. I will do that.
All right, we're just about out of here. But make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. We'll be right back.